You remember the Simpsons episode called Lisa's Wedding, where we were introduced to video calls for the first time? I think it came out in 1995. Hello, Bart. Now listen, I need you to go to the gas station. Tell them you need to inflate your tires, but actually, you inflate these volleyballs. Well, almost 25 years later, here we are, experiencing the closest to deja vu. You're listening to Mind the Gap Brand Stories, a podcast on growth, marketing, and customer experience stories of brands we all love. Today's story is on a brand that redefined. No, I'm using a lot of that word. Today is a brand that's just reinvented video calls, or let's just say they have revolutionized collaboration. They've had one of the most successful IPOs in the recent times and went public like a boss. Yes, we're going to talk about the Silicon Valley's underdog, Zoom. Before Zoom went IPO, not many people spoke about the company. Not many knew about their story too. Zoom, which was exclusively known for its video communication product, stuck the most successful public offering, launching at $36 on April, is currently valued at about $92 a share in August. Zoom is leading the IPO race against Pinterest, Stuber, Slack, Fiverr, and a lot more that just recently came out. So, what is the Zoom story? Rolling back to 1987 in China. Eric, who is currently the CEO of Zoom, had a girlfriend who stayed miles away from him. Eric had to take a train to meet her, and it used to take 10 hours for this. He used to think to himself how great it would be if he had a device to talk to her rather than travel all the distance. You know, my wife went to a different college. That college is uh, more than 1,000 miles away. You know, at that time, in 1987, you know, it's very difficult, right, to take a train, you know, to visit her. I was thinking, gee, if there's a device, you can press a button, you can talk with her, you can see her, you have a 3D effect. If I can give her a hug, I think that'd be great. Little did he know that those daydreams would eventually become the basis of Zoom. Fast forward 10 years from the days of China, he moved to Silicon Valley and he joined Webex. a video communications company. Eric was quite happy in Webex working on something that he was truly passionate about. This continued for a while. Then came a day when Webex got acquired by Cisco, and Eric became the VP of engineering in Cisco, taking care of Webex. He felt that Cisco's Webex was a little complex and it was outdated. Being the VP of engineering, he took the opportunity to interact with customers on a regular basis to get feedback about the product. He heard from all the customers he spoke to and he was not happy with what he was hearing. Eric thought that Webex at the time was not solving newer problems faced by customers and wanted to build a software that customers would love using. He wanted to build a software that would make customers happy. He quickly moved out of Cisco and started Zoom in 2011. As much as we love the story of how Zoom started, Owing to the theme of Mind the Gap, let's move along and take a look at their growth, marketing, and customer experience, and take learning out of it. We have condensed this learning to three most important lessons that we feel is snackable. Let's zoom right in. Number one, product-led growth. One thing different about Zoom is how they chose to stick to things that worked for them without following the trends. When Eric decided to launch Zoom, he had his team work on the product for two full years before getting out to the market. In a world where startups talk about launching first and failing fast, Zoom was pretty much old school. They just wanted to build a really good product and then start hitting the market. Also, an interesting observation is that Eric decided to disrupt 
an already noisy industry. The video collaboration domain was filled with players. We had players like Webex, Skype, GoToMeeting, and a lot more. Zoom not only launched a product in a crowded market, but did a damn good job of outperforming existing players. They were able to achieve all this because they put their box on the product. Zoom was a product that did not spend a lot of money on paid advertising and let the product walk the talk. The second strategy might be trivial, but I feel it's really important. It's about listening. The two years when Eric's team spent creating the product, they made sure they spoke to more and more people to understand the pain points, their preferences, and the feedback about the tool that they were purchasing. Most importantly, they heard them out. After all, this is a company that cared the most about customer happiness over everything else. Interestingly, in one of Bloomberg's interview, Eric was asked about Cisco catching up in terms of features and what Eric is planning to do in terms of competition. And this is what he had to say. So those companies like Cisco, Microsoft, Adobe, they're all great companies. We, we, I admire them a lot. I think the way for us to look at the competition is we, most of the time, we do not spend on you know, looking at the competitors, really spending time to care about our customers, really want to understand what's the pain point from a customer's side. We want to be the first company to understand the customer pain point, to come up with a solution, be the first one to take care of our customers. If we keep doing that, customers will trust us. Ideally, you know, our competitors even do not understand the customer pain point. Then I think we can make a customer happy. I think we'll be okay. We never focus on our competitors. We do all we can to make sure our customer happy. They don't have any strategy against competitors. As long as they listen to customers and make them happy, they don't have to worry about anything. The third and the final strategy of Zoom was the same of Airbnbs. Zoom's strategy was to go behind making their existing customers happy instead of going behind new customers. Retention over acquisition. Classic but brave move. For Zoom, their customer support team forms the main pillar of the company. As I mentioned previously, Feedback and feature suggestions are taken extremely seriously at Zoom. The philosophy is to make the existing customers happy. So happy that they would want to spread the love through word of mouth. A mutual setup, the more happy your customers are, the more happy you get. You know, even in terms of bottom line. Zoom's story is quite different from other brand stories that we've heard. When every other brand wants to prove itself as a misfit or a rule breaker or challenge a status quo, Zoom was a little different. When Eric was asked about rules, he jokingly said, oh no, we love rules and we make sure that we follow them. Slowly and truly, Zoom grew to become different in its own way by embracing what worked for them and not following the trends. Not just that, there have been a lot of talks around Zoom's philosophy and how it is not about growing fast, but to stay as a company that meets customer needs constantly. Zoom is a living proof that if you strive for customer happiness, you're never going to be disappointed at the returns. Currently, there are about half a million unique businesses, millions of individuals, spending 18 billion minutes annually on Zoom. That's 18 billion minutes of happiness sold. That's a wrap from our end. See you next time with another brand story of your choice. Until then, stay tuned to Mind the Gap by FreshApp to listen to brand stories and interviews on growth, marketing, and customer experience. Did you listen to our previous episode on Disney's brand story? If not, go ahead and do that right away because we really love your feedback on it. Tweet out to FreshChat app and let us know your feedback. Until next time, keep listening, keep learning.